0: The Paper Cuts Podcast has bad language and spoilers, so cover your f***ing ears. You are now listening to the Paper Cuts Comic Podcast with Dean DeFalco, Dan Ryan, Evan Goldstein, and Matt Munch. For the comic podcast with the most personality this side of the galaxy, it'll always be Paper Cuts. Over to you, Dan.
1: Thanks, announcer guy, and thank you for checking out the Paper Cuts podcast, issue 105. It's good to be alive. I'm your host, Dan Ryan, and joining me this week is the glorious 10 himself, Mr. Dean DeFalco. You know what, Dan? You're going on the list.
0: (laughs) You better check it. (laughs) Fuck, it's so funny. Oh, boy. That's how I want to start every episode now with a wrestling thing that
1: no one gets. With wrestling references, yes, I love it. Oh, fuck it. I was so, it. like, I was I was giving the kid a shower, and uh, you know, I I was on my phone. Basically, what it entails is just them taking a shower, but like I have to check and make sure they wash their hair. So I was on my phone, played the eight bit Shinsuke Nakamura theme, and my daughter, literally, her exact quote was, "Daddy, is that the Shovel Knight version of Shinsuke Nakamura's theme?" I am fucking winning at parenting, goddammit. I agree. I I totally agree. Like, we're good. I don't need to do anything else. Like, my kid is cool. Do they watch uh, wrestling with you? They do. Katie uh, Katie hates Shinsuke Nakamura because he wears too much red. (sighs) Um, And red is too close to pink. And her favorite color is purple, so she doesn't like Nakamura. Uh, Her favorite wrestler is Goldust.
0: Uh, That's amazing. Right?
1: (laughs) Um, Penny wants to marry. She told me she's going to get married to Samoa Joe. um, And she was very upset when Samoa Joe beat uh, Finn Balor because she also likes the demon paint. But (laughs) she also, um, she will too sweet me. um, So she goes around doing the Bullet Club thing. And uh, she will do Nakamura's like little crossing his arms dance and they both really love Bailey. Your kids so, are awesome. My kids fucking <laughs> rule. It's so much fun to watch wrestling with them cuz they get legitimately heated at what's <laughs> going on. They like cuz they don't understand that it's not real. They're so like, "Oh, what the fuck?" Let them believe cool. man Let them believe. Know. Oh, it's so fun. Everybody should have children. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like when you're ready and financially stable. I, I, yeah, like, I will stable. take that
0: into account, Dan. Um, yeah. Sometime in the future, maybe. <laughs> in, the,
1: in the future. So uh, we read a bunch of comic. We're not just going to talk about wrestling this week. We're here to talk about comic books. And it was quite an excellent week of comics, I thought. It was pretty delightful. Pretty de- delightful is a good way to put it. But we're going to start with the one that I felt was the least delightful of the four that we read. Oh, I hope I agree with you. Go ahead. The Lost Boys yes. number one. Yes. So <laughs> I agree. If you grew up in the mid to late '80s, or I suppose the early '90s, um, you probably know the movie The Lost Boys. It starred the Corys, who were Corey Feldman and Corey Haim, and they played the Frog Brothers. Now, the Frog Brothers were vampire hunters in Santa Clara or Santa Carla. California the murder capital of the world and sorry I just had my uh my hashtag Trump sniffle there I apologize um <laughs> in Santa Carla Kiefer Sutherland was like the head vampire he looking like he had such chubby cheeks he did but he was like kind of dangerously sexy for the time He was. You know like there was with his cherub just, cheeks with but terrible hair <laughs> um it's a fucking horrible movie like it's so bad it's so cheesy there is a fucking metal concert going on and in the middle of this metal show just a bunch of goth headbangers rocking out in fucking santa carla a dude busts out a saxophone and rips just this ridiculous saxophone solo in the middle of a metal show because that's a thing that apparently happened in the eight if if you've seen batman and robin it's like that it's like that. It is. Because it's Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher directed Batman and Robin, also directed Lost Boys. Yeah,
0: but it was in the 80s, it was okay. In the 90s, it wasn't okay anymore.
1: Yeah, no, the, the, you're right. This There's, like, the scene that fucking scared me the most, and hey, this ties in with our Geek Aid 31 Days of Halloween, which you can check out every day, a brand new article on geekaid.com. Um, The thing that fucking scared me the most in this movie, or just creeped me out, is there's a scene where they are eating Chinese food and Michael, the uh, the main, the, the hero, I guess, of the, of the piece before the Frog Brothers and his little brother actually saved the day. Michael is the troubled uh, newcomer to the town. He's hanging out with the vampires, doesn't really know if they're good people or not yet and they're eating some, some white rice from a Chinese food place and he looks down at the rice and the camera pans down to it and then we cut over to Keifer, Kiefer Sutherland. We cut back to the rice and it's maggots. And it was fucked up. I was like, oh, that would be literally the worst thing if I thought I had some delicious Chinese food rice and I looked down and I was maggots, just... Maggots, man. Chopsticking maggots into my face.
0: Bad news bears. I, I would could... never want that. I mean, even if I was a spider, I'm pretty sure I would still think that's disgusting. <laughs> and that would yeah, be no, my no. main source of, like, nutrition.
1: <laughs> I'd still be upset about yep, it,
0: though. Yep, yep, I agree. So
1: so uh, So cut to 20 fucking years later. And we have a sequel to The Lost Boys in the form of this comic book. And uh, it wasn't great. It's a Vertigo book, uh, so I was I was hopeful. But, uh, man, like... So the art kind of let me down in this book. And, and Vertigo is not always the flashiest art, and that's fine. But a lot of the proportions were really weird. Like, everybody just looks kind of... Like fucking melty.
0: In the uh, in the last page of the book, there there was this whole thing with like a bunch of girls and stuff, and they're sort of vampires. There's And this, Sutherland, a- a- Keith Sutherland. And Sutherland in the back, because spoilers. You know, because sorry, because twenty four. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all the girls looked hideous. I mean, they're vampires, sure, but even their bodies, like one of them, I'm pretty sure had a dick. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the one with the like the short shorts, like the the yeah, black shorts
1: and the fishnets.
0: She, she was packing heat, man. There was something in there. She was. They, they drew and a they, bulge on her, too big to be anything else.
1: They all have Abdullah the Butcher forehead. So there's another wrestling reference for you. But it looks they look like if you see pictures of old wrestlers from like the 70s and 80s, especially ones that did hardcore matches and shit, where they used to blade their heads all the time. They would you know cut them with like really sharp nails or, or razor blades or whatever. And they would get scarring, just their foreheads fucking look like, you know, ground hamburger. That's what the all their foreheads look like on the vampires. So I guess that's like a pretty easy tell. You're like, oh, is that a vampire? Well, it's either a vampire or a former wrestler, like one of the two.
0: Maybe they were former wrestlers, every single one of them. I mean, okay. I doubt it. Also, Very-
1: Abdullah the Butcher has not aged well. <laughs> no, no, he hasn't. <laughs> Poor guy. I know, fucking just walking around giving everybody hepatitis. fucking Uh, dick that guy is. Of
0: course. Go on, though. Go on with your story of the comic books, not Abdullah. (laughs) His
1: fate is sealed. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, this book is a sequel. um, A sequel to it. The uh, the Frog Brothers are training to be even better vampire hunters than they were to start with because, you know, like, they killed all the vampires in the first one, uh, or so we thought. Michael, the older boy, is working at an old folks home. Um, There was a line in here that made me chuckle like he's given some old ladies a foot bath. And uh, the director of the nursing home comes in and says, uh, could you, uh, before you go, could you move Mr. Andrews? Uh, he needs to be moved because he's dead, like from panel to panel. I thought that, that was, was cold. That was cold as fuck. <laughs> that was cold? Like, but you're working in a nursing home. I guess that's just kind of probably of You're right. You're right. Like, that seems to be a daily occurrence. That's why they always have new openings. Like, oh, we got a spot for Grandma. It means somebody it's else's so granny's nice. in heaven. It's not nice. Anyway, so, uh, you know, so Michael's dating a girl, and, and uh, fucking the Frog Brothers are training to be vampire hunters, and Grandpa's there, like, training them, and there's, like, a little montage thing Grandpa goes off to a meeting of the Santa Carla Vampire Hunters, uh, or the Hunters Union, and at the Hunters Union, that's like three fucking old dudes, they get attacked by vampires. The vampires light the building on fire so that they didn't have to be invited in, and they fucking kill Grandpa, and oh shit, he's dead. Grandpa Emerson is fucking dead now, and the Frog Brothers are going to have to, I guess, go with Sam and kill resurrected David. Okay, like, so, I just I just didn't care.
0: Yeah, all right, so so we're at the end of the book. That that was the end of the book. Congratulations. They have now become the de facto vampire hunters. Yep. Good for you guys. I don't think you're going to get to see the end of this book, though, because it wasn't <laughs> interesting. And I, it aged about as well as the movie did. Like, it's just... It, it, I don't know, man. I mean... It's it's just it's not it wasn't fun to read like I it wasn't yeah. terrible but it was mediocre and whatever feelings I had for the movie before this which were generally positive are now kind of gone because I'm just like uh eh, you know yeah really d- d- did we need the you know the Corys to come back I no <laughs> no stick to your rock band did you see that with the uh, Corey what the
1: fuck's his face the squinty one what's yeah that I, was I don't I don't. I grew up in the 80s, and I have no idea which is which.
0: Yeah, I, oh, I, The Squinny one. I'm going to call him the Squinny one. Uh, yeah, he's in a rock band now or something, and mm-hmm. he didn't really do anything. He just kind of said some words, and then he walked away from the microphone or danced around, and then he went back and said some more words. Not sung, said. Said. <laughs> so, yeah, that's he's what he's a, up to now.
1: They're doing the cake thing but not well
0: no not at all i mean yeah it was bad so i mean if that's any reflection on how he's still collecting checks um
1: maybe he (laughs) needs this book (laughs) maybe that's a good point maybe he just needed a paycheck i don't know Oh, um unfortunately this is uh this is a pass i kind of thought it was going to be a pass before when we picked it last week but I was cautiously optimistic.
0: It was a joke book. I mean, there's always there's normally yeah. one that where you kind of scoff at, and I mean, last week was sort of Godzilla, and then we read Godzilla. And it was like, holy shit, were we ever wrong? And <laughs> wait a
1: sec, this was amazing. Yeah,
0: and then this, well, we called this one. This was just kind of silly. Yeah, no, this
1: was this was bad. <laughs> it was so, like no, homies. <laughs> yeah, this was homies. Don't fucking buy this book. It it just it wasn't good and. Tim Seeley's talented. Um, the writer, he's a good writer. He's he's done some really good stuff. This is uh, this is not indicative of his best work. However, you can't so. you
0: can't pour talent into a property that no one wants to read. Because let's face it. No, no, uh, young person who reads comics is gonna really know what the fuck the Lost Boys is, and if they do, more power to you, man. That's fucking awesome. But right. I, I mean, the mainstream audience isn't gonna know, and the people who are old enough to remember them aren't gonna fucking care.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think uh, mainstream audiences were clamoring for a fucking <laughs> Lost Boys sequel, or just bad. God, you know what would be amazing if they could just fucking do it. If they could just get more Lost Boys into my fucking brain.
0: Now if if they want yeah. to bring something back that the Coreys are in, give me a goonies. Right? I I, I read that man. Give me some sloth, man. Fucking Josh Brolin oh, bring yeah. him back? Oh totally. That, that's when Maybe he, was, that's he was young. He was so he young was, then.
1: He's now Thanos.
0: Yeah. He's still beefy. Very beefy. He is. <laughs>
1: he's
0: very he's a
1: beefy boy that He's Josh like a Brolin. rump
0: roast. Dig <laughs> <Arr.
1: laughs> <Arr. Take> it. <laughs> Take a snack out of old Brolin. Oh God! Okay. <laughs> so moving on, uh, Marvel. Since uh, they don't have enough events going on, since uh, Civil War two still not done, and Death of X is now a thing. In over in Spider Man universe, yeah, we need uh, another or one. <laughs> segment of the Marvel universe, we have Dead No More, an amazing Spider Man event, the Clone Conspiracy number one. Now, without getting too much into the minutia of what the Clone Saga was, in the 90s, the Clone Saga happened, and it was a gigantic fucking Trumpster fire, which is now how I will refer to dumpster fires, because I saw that, and that made me fucking laugh a lot. Fair enough. So it was a goddamn Trumpster fire. It was poorly plotted and poorly conceived and poorly shipped, and it fucking made no sense by the time they were done with it. It was it was definitely the case of too many cooks in the kitchen. Like, it, it seemed so editorially driven. And it was as bad as the fucking DC event we read last year, whose name I continue to forget. Convergence. God damn it, and you keep reminding me of it. Because it's converged in my head, and sooner or later, it's going to form a blood clot. <laughs> and that's how I'm gonna die <laughs> yep <laughs> you fucking thinking of Telos and being like ah that was so fucking <laughs> dead to find me dead in my bathroom.
0: Oh, death by Telos <laughs> that's fucking how I want it how I want it to go out
1: man dripping out of my ear ugh could be terrible <laughs> fuck that book this is a dark anyway. podcast <laughs> <laughs> really is well I'm fucking I am really tired and uh my hot chocolate is not doing enough to wake me up sure I mean but that... I I will take a sip so it's the dang. I put cast. cinnamon in it. It's a little, uh, it's a little, a uh, little bit like Mexican hot chocolate, but not enough. Is it dope um, as fuck? It's pretty close to dope as fuck. Wawa hot chocolate's good shit, man. Never had it. Really? No,
0: I. You know what? They just put Wawas up by here, and oh yeah, they've only been around for a like a year point. or two. And I don't make it to Wawa all that often because it's not the first thing that comes to my head. Unfortunately, it should be.
1: Because it should be, but you're a Seven Eleven kind of guy, right?
0: Oh fuck that! Like I, even really? I have standards. I'll go to a Quick Check before <laughs> I go to
1: Seven Eleven. I'll go to a fucking Quick Stop. God
0: damn it! Yeah, there, there, there is no way I am going to a I do fucking hot dog rollers, man.
1: That's the thing of nightmares. Seven Eleven fucking big beef though. Every now and again, like three o'clock in the morning, you're drunk as shit coming home from like. A bar or a party, you got to stop and get a fucking hot dog from Seven Eleven.
0: Dan, we live in
1: New Jersey, the
0: the land of diner food. I That's I never point. need to stop at Seven
1: Eleven. Uh, well, for our <laughs> listeners who are unfortunate fair enough, enough fair to enough. live somewhere other than New Jersey, because make no mistake, this is the greatest state.
0: We're just superior. It's okay. It's not a big deal. I mean, just accept it. It is what it is.
1: It's fact. <laughs> it it New Jersey. I've lived other places. I came back because (laughs) New Jersey's the fucking shit. Obviously. Anyway, so. (laughs) Off the hot dog rant, sorry. Off the hot dog rant. So, The Clone Saga in the 90s, big festering pile, just no good. The general idea behind it was pretty solid, but there was just too much editing going on. It was just, it was obviously a top down decision for how to put out the books. So. A couple years ago in the Ultimate Comics, Brian Michael Bendis did a clone saga thing over there, and it was pretty good, and it kind of expounded upon the original idea and showed that it could be done if it was done well. And uh, now Dan Slott, who's been writing Spider-Man, I think he took over for, like, Stan Lee, and he's just been writing, like, since the 70s, it seems. Um, I think Close to Forever is a good... Right? Yeah. He might have actually given Stan Lee the idea for Spider-Man. (laughs) He is <laughs> that now, might have happened it might have he is now doing his version or a, a new version of the Clone Wars or the Clone uh, not the Clone Wars that's a whole other thing Yoda Vader saga. all kinds of yeah. shit going on there <laughs> really weird book spoilers fucking Vader shows up <laughs> spider sense goes off and it's just like the fuck this old guy with shitty breathing Um, Dan Slott's doing the Clone Conspiracy uh, the art is by Jim Chung. And, uh, man, all right, so this book, if this is any indication, and Marvel always fucking starts off strong on their crossovers. They always start good. There's very, very few, like, event number ones where you're like, well, that was a pile of shit. Can't wait to read the rest of it. Like, they always get me hyped. I am fucking hyped after this issue. I loved it. It starts off with the death of J. Jonah Jameson's father. And as Peter is at the funeral, we get this really nice panel from because uh, Jim Chung is amazing. Uh, dude's artwork. Is oh, our
0: art was on point in this book. There's no out doubt of about control. it.
1: Yeah, out of control. Good. Um, We get this really nice panel of all the people in Peter's life that have died. Right. So you get. Yeah. You know, you get Uncle Ben. You get Captain Stacy. You get Gwen Stacy, Morbius, fucking Silver Sable. Um. Harry Osborn, fucking Hobgot, like, just all these people like, Peter's, you know, either failed because... He's kind of a shitty superhero. He kind of is. (laughs) There's quite a body body count that he was thinking of. He does have quite the body count. But now, um, J. Jonah Jameson's father, who, if you haven't been following the comics, is married to Aunt May, Uh, he has now died of natural causes. And Jameson, J. Jonah Jameson, Starts yelling at him at the funeral and says, you know, this is your fault, Parker. You talked him out of getting the treatment that could have saved his life. I'm like, oh, fuck. What is this? Uh, what is this treatment? So um, he he starts uh, talking to Anna Marconi, Anna Maria Marconi, who is a character that stuck around from the Superior Spider-Man run. She's also tiny and cute. She is tiny. She's a little person. Uh, the he kind of fills her in on the backstory of dude was dying and there was this company called new you, uh, that had a procedure that could save his life. And they did the procedure. And, uh, one of the guys who worked for Parker, his life was saved. And as soon as Peter came and shook, shook his hand in the hospital, he says his spider sense went off full blast. And he's like, all right, so that's fucking weird. I got to keep an eye on this guy. But when they offered the treatment to Jameson's dad, Peter talked him out of it because he obviously thought that there was something bad. Had no idea why the spider sense went off, but, you know, talked him out of it. Now the dude died. J. Jonah Jameson is pissed off. Okay. So Peter shows up uh, with Anna Marconi and says, you know, we're going to go check on Jerry, the guy who got this procedure done. And they show up and Jerry's wife is there and she starts freaking out and... Is acting real, real creepy and says, you know, people came and took him away because they went on a camping trip and they forgot to bring his medicine. Apparently, Jerry had to take a pill every day. And if he didn't take a pill every day, he would turn into eyeballs and nerves. I thought it was Seinfeld. He just
0: started talking about airplane food over and over again, screaming (laughs) Newman.
1: So fuck that. I would have read that book too. (laughs) I would have read that book too. So. Yeah. So Parker goes and investigates uh, the new U headquarters in San Francisco. And as he uh, as he pops around in the uh, in the science lab, he's he sees Jerry and Jerry really is just a brain, some eyeballs and a nervous system. Really weird but fucking cool.
0: Yeah, it, like, like
1: very like this
0: is where the art kind of comes in here is that it's so detailed. You could just see everything kind of floating there like you almost imagine it just kind of hanging out and I I mean they, they give you a whole panel to really stare at it, and you're like, "Damn, this is it's 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 unnerving to stare at, which I mean is good art <laughs> cuz that's what it's supposed to be."
1: Yeah, pretty much. And like as Peter's looking at the bundle of nerves and brain and eyeballs that was formerly Jerry, he says, fuck, it's alive because the eyeballs move. So Jerry is still alive in this state. And he's in a fucking tube, very much like Luke, you know, in the stasis tube with all the fucking goo and shit. And uh, a scientist pops into the room and, oh, fuck, it's Miles Warren. Miles Warren, who is the scientist who is working on the cloning experiments for the villain of the original Clone Saga, the Jackal. Okay?
0: Fucking Jackal.
1: So, Spider-Man, naturally, gets fucking furious, superheated, goes after Miles Warren, starts fucking attacking him. In comes the Rhino and a female Electro. I was thrown off a bit, just a tiny bit. But in in traditional Spider-Man, you know, quippiness, he wonders if he should call her Electra or She-lectro, which I, I vote for She-lectro. Dude, that's
0: what I was down for. I, I was like, it's she Electro, man. You don't even got to fucking <laughs> think about it.
1: she is an amazing name. So, here's a, uh, there's a pretty cool little fight scene. Um, you know, Parker's fucking whooping the whooping Rhino's ass and, uh, and fighting she Electro And she covers him in water and, you know, water and electricity don't mix. So, he goes, uh, he goes after uh, Miles Warren, pops open a door... And there, lo and behold, in the flesh, or real, apparently, is Gwen fucking Stacy.
0: That would fuck my shit up if uh, my dead
1: girlfriend just kind of showed up. Of all the people in comic books who die and are brought back to life, Uncle Ben is still really the only one who hasn't died. Because this isn't the first time we've seen Gwen Stacy. Now, there was a J. Michael Straczynski thing a couple years ago that wasn't uh, tremendously well-received. But dealt with Gwen Stacy and being a clone and like some weird shit. But as he's looking at Gwen Stacy, he is, as one would imagine, naturally distracted by the reappearance of his long dead girlfriend. And boom, out of the fucking left hand side of the page, a tentacle in the fucking face, Doc Ock is back. Jackal's really fucking shit up, man, because uh, so he he's excited. bringing
0: back the good and the bad, and it it it's probably not going to go well for Peter. One can assume. So. Yeah, this was good, man. I, I mean, I Doc it Doc. took a while to for me to kind of absorb it all because I don't read Spider-Man. I rarely right. ever read a Spider-Man book because I it's it's so much. There's, There's so, so much content Like, where am I supposed to fucking start? So, like, I just, you know, I say, you know what, I'm going to stay away from it. It's nothing against Spider-Man, but it's just safer if I, I don't devote half of my life to trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. So, um, it, it was easy enough to pick up and read, which uh, was impressive for, you know, 60 years of uh, backlog. Um,
1: Yeah, they they did a great job. Dan Slott did a great job of getting this story across to, like you said, someone like you, who is just kind of jumping into it. Uh, Also, the backup story was really cool, too. Yeah, the backup story deals with uh, with Gwen waking up. Uh, She apparently is the real deal Gwen. She is not a clone. She is a reborn Gwen Stacy uh, from her own DNA that the Jackal salvaged. And the Jackal is just a fucking dope ass character, and there's going to be a lot going on in this book. Jackal uh, has also apparently brought back Captain Stacy Gwen's father um, to convince her to join him. Very uh, upset though. It's not Dennis Leary. I know it doesn't look at all like Dennis Leary, but it really that's should. Okay. I yeah, I know. I'll get over it. It's just I I wanted it to. So now there's going to be a lot of books. Uh, Coming out for this, there's three books this month. Um, with Amazing Spider-Man, this one, then Amazing Spider-Man 20, and Prowler number one, which uh, Prowler is a pretty cool character that's been around in the Spider-Man universe for quite a while. Uh, Getting a new number one, and then next month it crosses over into Silk. Um, and then that, those are going to be the four books that it crosses over. So, Dead No More, Amazing Spider-Man, Silk, and Prowler. That, but this goes until February like this story we'll see its final con- it's uh it's final issue it's going to be fucking 15 issues by the time all is said and done or no 17 issues by the time this is all said and done I um, take uh, um th- there's wait i can't do math well hold on Okay. 4 8 12 16 19 issues when this is all over um but damn if it if they're going to be anywhere as good as this like I'm fucking in. Plus Doc Ock, man, Doctor Octopus. I want more Superior Spider-Man.
0: Well, Dan, I hate to break it to you, but uh, Civil War kind of went down the shitter a little bit, and I, know. Uh, I I don't I don't see this doing any better. I mean, please, Marvel, prove me fucking wrong. But mm-hmm. I, you know, if um, what, what the hell was it? The one that was uh, in sep- not September. Actually, it was like last year. Um, fucking the. The last big one before Civil War, the fuck was it?
1: Oh, fucking uh, Secret War.
0: Yeah, Secret War started out so damn good, and it didn't end bad, but it definitely didn't end the same way it came in. Well, and it also was really late. Yes, yes, it was. I I do remember that. That was that was pretty shitty. So, I mean, you know. their their track record isn't great right now, no. but we'll see what happens, man. I mean, I'm I'm not going to say it can't happen cuz Dan Slott is a very faithful Spider-Man writer. So, if anyone can do it, it's going to be
1: him, you know? So, we'll see yeah, what happens. Yeah, I have faith. Yeah. I have faith, but definitely pick this book up. This was this Yeah, was this, great. this was a good starting issue. Um so, leaving the world of Marvel for a few minutes. We'll be back to Marvel to uh to round out the podcast, but uh We're going to jump over to a new image, number one, um, written by Mark Millar, art by Greg Capullo, and it is Reborn, number one. Holy shit! This fucking book. It was amazing. It was so good. Like, okay, so the story starts in Minneapolis in 2002, and it starts with the assassination of a bunch of hipsters at a fucking coffee shop, like just fucking there's a sniper and he is just blowing people's heads off, man, yeah. Left and right. And we don't really get much story except that there's an old man wearing a fucking Sami Zayn hat and he gets shot and he wakes up and he's a young man and there's a field of people and they all have weapons and there's this girl that's looking at him and says, uh, I know you look different and have no idea what's going on, but there's more important things to worry about right now.
0: And then and the Sami Zayn this... theme
1: music comes on, and it's all good. And then everybody just starts chanting "Olay," and it's fucking awesome, <laughs> like, fucking crowd. Hell of a kicks shit. for days. <laughs> <laughs> I know they keep trying to say "haluva," but no, it's a hell of a kick. Just bring back the brain buster. Give me some more El Generico shit, anyway. <laughs> um, so we then cut to this beautiful double page spread of just this fucking. Crazy looking army with like fucking giants and a big Wendigo looking fucking monster and like dude says what the hell and I agreed. So then we cut back to pre well I, to Minneapolis in 2002 and we get us you know some some crime scene photos and people dying and then we uh we get to this old lady who's in a nursing home and she's outside on a bench with her granddaughter and she's smoking a cigarette and she's talking about death and and how death is something that we all know is coming and you know when you're young it's so far away and as you get older you know she says a lot of people just accept it and she she had a friend who died of cancer and she wished that she could be like her friend and accept death with grace and dignity and refuse chemotherapy and all this shit but but this woman is saying uh you know i'm not ready to die and uh i'm afraid to go to sleep every night because I'm scared I might not get up. Well, if she doesn't want to stroke out, she should probably not be smoking cuz that's
0: not helping.
1: It's really not. It's not a good idea. But you know, so she's sitting there and she's having this whole thing and she uh she starts talking to her nurse and you know, she uh she asks, you know, she she goes on a little bit of a thing of, you know, how it must be so nice to have faith of to where you can say, you know, like it's okay when I die, I'll go and I'll be with my you know my wife or my husband or my loved ones and i'll be in heaven and that'll be great and she says you know it, it must be wonderful to think that and not just realize that it's just a light switch being turned off that like you die and that's it which is you know the atheist way of looking at things but uh, but it is what it is so we get a little bit of that and uh she asks her nurse you know do you think that any of us uh really make a difference and her nurse you know gives her this whole song and dance about how our life is just constant a, a constant series of random interactions that change things a million times a day which is a fucking beautiful way to look at things i mean i thought so anyway oh, dope I as fuck kind of and and then
0: it's that. followed by with a little snicker and laugh
1: yeah and then a, a little chuckle you know because she's like I, I think about a lot of shit while i'm cleaning out these bedpans so uh Mrs. Black, our main character, uh, goes to the bathroom and she has another stroke. And as she is having a stroke, uh, her life is flashing by. Uh, We see some images of her playing catch with her dad and her dog uh, when she's a little girl. And then she sees herself at 22 years old and becoming a teacher and meeting her husband or her soon-to-be husband, Harry. Um, Then at 26... She is feeding her child while Harry is sitting next to her on the couch eating popcorn and they're watching Johnny Carson on the television and then we see her at 77 and she's a volunteer teacher and then we see her on the operating table and she dies. <laughs> she dies. But... A key moment here, like, uh, the
0: the next page... Uh, Capullo's done this before. If, uh, I, I think you mentioned it at the so beginning. But good. yeah, Cap- uh, Capullo... Uh, did all the pencils and uh, he's done this scene sort of before um but it, w- it was done slightly differently now he does an all black background normally has the character on their knees or something and just all these images like coming in above them i think he did it in batman i i know yeah. he at least did it in batman but uh this had more of a uh, uh a meaning here because all her memories are turning into uh armor and uh like there's three or four panels of her like looking at herself and she's like what the hell's going on and then all of a sudden she's in this fucking battlefield out of nowhere and it's just every the whole story starts coming together at this point like just all of a sudden it's a fucking revelation that like oh shit you die you get this fucking dope ass armor made out of your memories then you're in some <laughs> other fucking fight all of a sudden it's just it's fucking amazing i mean it was for me it was really cool like seeing this it was I just thought an, it was-
1: Fucking great. It was a really dobo
0: shit moment.
1: Yeah. So, like, she wakes up in this battle and somebody's about to take a shot at her, and dude, like, a dude comes running out of the fucking panel and dives and saves her, and, like, they start fighting, and, uh, he's talking to her, you know, and he's like, Stay down, sweetheart, I'll handle this. And she's like, What the fuck are you talking about? Handle what? I'm pretty sure it's Lemmy from Motorhead. I think it was. Okay. Um, but he's also dead, so that would make sense. Yes. Um, and then a fucking dragon shows up and there's like some orc looking motherfuckers but there's like laser fucking guns and axes and shit it's like a fucking sci-fi barbarian movie just came to life it's what if Conan met starship troopers pretty much yeah like the dude who saved our Mrs. Black jumps up and fucking axes a dragon right in the the fucking face face, man jeez (laughs) savage savage awesome oh yeah and as she's standing there she's looking around and the villains of the piece uh, look to her and they say they're protectors here the woman they've been waiting for and they all fuck out of dodge they just bounce like en masse leave and she's like what the fuck is going on did they all just run away and everybody else on the battlefield bows to her and they're like you know you're, you're our savior, the savior of Adistria. And as she's standing there, this fucking giant dog lion looking thing runs up to her. And the character who had saved Bonnie the first time, that's Mrs. Black. Her name is Bonnie. Um, the character that saved her the first time says, is it her Roy boy? Is it really Bonnie? And she turns and says, how do you know my name? And he takes off his helmet and it's her dad. Def- it's her. D- yeah. Th- again. Th- it's either it, it was either her no, it dad was, it was her or dad. her husband. It was her dad. She said that because they both had facial hair. And, oh yeah, uh, she does say, "Oh dad." Yeah. Sorry.
0: And um, th- the end of this book was just a. It was an incredible like roller coaster. Emotional yeah. It just it yeah. just started fucking dropping up and down all of a sudden because all of a sudden like she's dead and you're like, all right, well, whatever. And then fucking, she's in the middle of this battlefield. You're like, oh shit, this guy comes along, gets shot in the back of the neck, gets back up, gets pissed, fucking slays a dinosaur or a dragon or some shit. Uh, they all scatter and then all of a sudden, it's her fucking dad being a boss, saving her life and shit. It was fucking And her dope. dog. And her dog, who is now a, a war
1: steed of some sort. And the book ends with the two of them standing together. She is apparently going to be the savior of Adistria. And he tells her, let's go see the others. It's like, holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah, feed me more, man. Fucking yes. I am. Oh, my God. This was amazing.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, everything was just perfect about this book because it left you you guessing at the beginning but it wasn't boring or anything it was just kind of like all right well you know let's see where this goes and then all of a sudden by the time you put the pieces together it's at the end of the book it's like holy shit this was awesome and you turn the page and it's like haha wait till next time bitches we got your money now
1: (laughs) we got you fuckers like when you hear that mark millar and greg capullo are going to do a book together Oh, you
0: fucking shell out the money
1: yeah well, and in your mind, you build it up to like, this is going to be amazing mm-hmm. and then you read it, and indeed it is it was fucking amazing, highest of recommendations. please buy this book. yeah, I think this was the book of the week for me yeah, please, please go get this book. It was book of the week for me as well. I just wanted to end with our last book, so why don't why don't we jump over to this <laughs> one because Great Lakes Avengers number one it was
0: fun, just <laughs> before even saying anything, it was just fun.
1: It was so fun. Now, like, Dean, you had no clue as to who the Great Lakes Avengers were. None whatsoever. I know now. (laughs) I have read most of the Great Lakes Avengers stuff because it's so fucking weird that these were characters that Marvel made and they tried to be sort of legit with them. For like a minute, and then they went, all right, no, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> These are shitty characters.
0: Understandable, but now Marvel knows
1: that, and they're doing the right thing. So, the Great Lakes Avengers, at one time, were official members. Like, it, there was the Avengers in New York, and then there were the West Coast Avengers, and then there was the Great Lakes Avengers. Well,
0: it's like, uh, it's like Justice League, Justice League of America. It's the same sort of yeah. thing. Yeah,
1: they were franchised, basically. It was like Subway. Exactly. You know, like there's, there's one Mr. Subway who started the Subway sandwich shop, and now there's Subways everywhere. And
0: some of them have the cheddar broccoli
1: soup, others don't. You know, you don't know where you're going, man. It gets confusing. And if you go into one that doesn't have the cheddar broccoli soup, you fucking take a shit on the floor and you leave. Absolutely. Agreed. Because that is unbelievable. Goddamn acceptable.
0: You know, I think that's one of the unwritten rules of Subway. If you go on the, you know, Reddit, it'll say that on their the Subway Reddit because I frequent that so much.
1: <laughs> mm. I'm a moderator. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so the Great Lakes Avengers at one time existed and were sort of legit, but have been a joke for a long time, mostly because of their members uh, being <laughs> fucking clown shoes as far as characters. Are concerned. Yes, agreed. And. <laughs> This book opens up with a lawyer in New York. Uh, she's about to go out on a date. She is the lawyer for the Avengers. Um, and there's some witty banter that she is. She has an amazing date with a guy from her book club. No, not her book club, from her gym. No, not from her gym. It's the first guy she swiped right on that looked uh, like Steve Rogers. Uh, but she has to cancel her date because this is some old bullshit and she has to go handle it. So we then cut over to the studio apartment of Flatman, a.k.a. Dr. Val Ventura. And Flatman is basically Mr. Fantastic, if Mr. Fantastic could only stretch when he was two-dimensional. Dan,
0: he doesn't like that comparison.
1: I know he doesn't, but it's a good comparison, (laughs) because he's a shitty Mr. Fantastic who is kind of shitty to begin Yo, with. Yo, listen, he friended Darth Vape, man.
0: That's that he he's cool in my book.
1: <laughs> he's he's playing an MMO and uh Darth Vape Lord sends him a request. Like, all right, this book is cheeky. <laughs> I like it. Um, so anyway, Flatman is uh is here, he's playing a game, and uh he uh he thinks the person at the door is uh Pizza uh, Man the pizza guy. Pizza guy. But uh it's not the pizza guy. It is the lawyer, and she comes over and she says, "So, uh, so here's the thing: um, the Avengers have had some shit going on recently, and uh, they have lost the trademark to the name Avengers. And because back in the day, Flatman had the quote-unquote foresight to try and trade make trademark Great Lakes Avengers." He is currently the only one with a copyright claim on the name Avengers. So like he owns that name. Which is awesome. Smart guy. They offer him a fuck ton of money to get the Avengers name back and he uh he says, you know, the money is going to be good and there's some jokes going on there. Um it's all it's a very very funny book. His apartment is shitty. Um but they're talking and he says, you know, there's basically one other thing i want all of this money and the lawyer says fine i am i am willing to offer you that the great lakes avengers are officially reinstated as a permanent addition to the avengers may god have mercy on our souls (laughs) which was awesome oh absolutely Flatman, as you can imagine um is very very excited about this and he contacts the former team he contacts big bertha who is a plus-size model who can change her shape uh, and size at will, but she stays plus-size. Her legal name is now Bertha, uh, so she goes by Big Bertha. She meets Flatman in a diner. He is uh, 3D, which, for the as far as I know, this is the first time in the history of Flatman that he has shown himself to be in, in 3D. Apparently
0: not a big deal to him. Apparently not. He's like, yeah, I
1: can do that. Um, as they're sitting there talking, he says, you know, I tried to contact doorman i tried to contact mr immortal and i tried to contact squirrel girl because everybody fucking loves squirrel girl and nobody remembers that squirrel girl came from the great lakes avengers that is where she she is as shitty a character as the rest of them people just like her now which goes to show you there are no shitty characters just bad writing. she's geek chic she is geek chic like that you're welcome like your you can use that. i liked your enunciation on that as well thanks Thank I tried hard. um, So anyway, as they're sitting there, he's saying, you know, I haven't heard any I haven't heard gotten any texts back from the rest of the team. And as they're there, the doorman shows up and the doorman. Is he's a black costume with white gloves and white boots and a white cape and white diamond eyes. That's it. Everything else. There's no definition in the rest of his character design at all. He uh he can travel through the dark force. Uh, he can turn intangible. He can fly. He has a death sense. And then as they're explaining his powers, the writer of the book, uh, Zach Gorman, even says, "And there are a few others that are not worth mentioning." So they're sitting there and they're uh they're chatting about what's going on. Mister Immortal, who is their was their former leader, is not answering phone calls or whatever. And then we cut over to. Detroit, Michigan, Detroit Rock City, the home of the Motor City Machine Guns. That uh, we're just—I'm sure. trying to work in as many wrestling references as I can. This week. I why not, man? Alex Shelley, the fucking shit. Chris Sabin is the shit. Mo- Motor City Machine Guns had an amazing match a couple weeks ago. I'll put, why I love wrestling here on Geeked. Check it Read out. Read it. A couple weeks. Yeah, do it. Yep. Anyway, um, so we cut over to this artist she's drawn uh she's drawn like some some anime characters her room is very anime and uh as she, as she is doing that uh her her room blows up and uh the fucking um pitchfork yeah there's
0: some pitchfork guy outside i don't he just he has pitchforks for hands what a yep. what a guy is he, he is
1: he's awesome um he's uh he's terrorizing a neighbor and uh he also looks like he's girl, made out of cork yeah, just uh, pitchfork sh- shitty. <laughs> anyway, uh, this girl comes out. The anime girl uh, pops out. We don't know her name yet, and she turns into a giant fucking werewolf, a giant blue werewolf. Who knew that werewolves beat cork monsters with pitchforks <laughs> for hands? Who knew? I, I would have bet that though. I mean, I I don't know it for certain, but I would have. I would, you would have, have put waydured. money on that. At least a dollar. I would have made a dollar bet on that. You, you, well, you probably would have won <laughs> a dollar. A dollar. Well, then I'd be coming out ahead. Um, so we cut back to uh, to the Three Great Lakes Avengers. They're driving to Winnebago uh, because along with the deal to become official Avengers, they got a, uh, a Tony Stark headquarters, uh, which turns out to be just a fucking Stark assembly and manufacturing plant in Detroit that's all covered in graffiti and shit. Uh, they go in, and as they're uh, as they're going in, Firebrand and uh, Shriek, who are two villains, uh, Firebrand who looks like he has uh some metal slippers on, which is kind of awesome. Uh, they're standing outside a club, and they're like, ah, fuck, there's superheroes moving in. Should we go tell the boss? So apparently, there's going to be some shitty villains in this town as well. Uh, they all they bust through into this Stark thing, and there's there's a girl there. Named Pansy. She apparently has Mr. Immortal's phone. She says, I'm going to take you in. I'm going to give you the tour. And then we cut to the final page. And Mr. Immortal is uh, buried. Fucking just hanging out. More than, more than six feet deep. Uh, and is just kind of hanging out in a coffin.
0: Because he can't die, uh, but he can get he can't very die,
1: bored. But he can get very, very bored. And uh, that was your first issue. And it was fucking awesome. It was really good. Yeah, books like this are easy to fuck
0: up because um, people think that they can just make jokes the entire time. Like uh, that Deadpool uh, book mm-hmm. that came out not too long ago, and it was kind of shitty. The one where like he's got a, like a hero team with them. The uh, mercs for money. Yeah, that was that was just stupid. This was this was more. Um, it had a point. Uh, and I,
1: I th- it has some heart, yeah, and, some soul and to I it. I it's think, not just bullshit. Yeah,
0: and I think that's what the Deadpool is missing. I, missing. I mean, I it was probably just a cash grab because that's when Deadpool was super hot when the movie came out. But yeah, th- this was this was good, man. I I enjoyed this. This was a fun book. All the characters are great, even though they're shitty. They're still great.
1: Yeah, I doorman and fucking Big Bertha and Flatman. Like they they suck. They suck as characters but they're fun. You know, like this book is just fun.
0: You know, when I said last week that you couldn't give 25 cent gumball machine characters personalities, mm-hmm. it still fucking stands. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can give, you know, these Downfallen, downtrodden like superhero characters that never gotten a chance personality, and you can make them likable because it happens all the time. It's called image comics. They take yeah, right? shitty
1: characters and they make them great. <laughs> I mean, well, and just fucking look at Squirrel Girl. Yeah, she's exactly. All she's got her own book right now. There's a fucking Squirrel Girl monthly book,
0: and it's super and she's popular. Been a joke?
1: Yeah. No, no, for she's not. Yeah, twenty five. Thirty years, it's been like she was part of the Great Lakes Avengers. She was a a founding member of this team, and now she's got her own fucking book. Now that being said, I don't think we're gonna get a Flatman book. I'm not saying it couldn't be done. Like I would fucking read it. L- listen, let let's get over this hump first. <laughs> <laughs> let's get over the Great, because this is probably this is just gonna be a miniseries. It's not gonna be go terribly long. You know, we're not gonna be. In five or six years, we're not going to be talking about the, the landmark fifty or 60th issue of the Great Lakes Avengers book. And what a storied run it has been. Well,
0: I mean, let's put it this way. If you guys like this book and you want to see more, you got to tell Marvel that you want more of this. Because otherwise, they'll just cancel it, man. They don't got time to be fucking
1: around. Yeah, really. They are They are like that meme they simply do not have time for that. Yeah. So I mean, pick up the book if you like it
0: as much as we did. Uh, you know, tweet them or something, man. Just, just get out there, let them know because we, I, I fucking enjoyed the book. And I mean, if, if I even get rumblings that you know, second and third issue are as good, I, I might tweet at them and be like, yo, just keep this going, man. Ride this fucking thing for as long as you can. Till it's not good anymore, yeah. and then, then I stop it.
1: Yeah. Tweet them. Link our podcast? Yes, definitely you link know, the podcast. I because mean, I think that's—I think the natural progression of this podcast is to go. You know, our first interview was Xander Cannon for issue one hundred, and I think our second interview should be like Joe Casada. I think we're like doing think, a bit of a jump there. No, I think that's logical.
0: Oh, okay, that seems to
1: make sense. Our, to me. Oh,
0: got it. Got. I'll. I'll. Uh, i let Stanley know
1: that we're going to cancel for uh, Joe Casada. Yeah, please tell Stan to fucking hang on for a few more years. We'll get to him. Eventually. All right. He's only 93. No big deal. Yeah. Come on now. Fucking. He's never going to die.
0: No, I I think he's just going to become immortal like one of his characters. I hope so. Maybe he'll be like Mumron, like, you know, make a deal with some evil spirits and then just get really big and jacked and keep
1: making (laughs) comic books. (laughs) And then go fuck up Superman?
0: Yeah, like, sure, why not? I mean, I, I'd i fucking watch it or see it, whatever. I mean, there's not a real Superman, but if there does happen to be one when Stan Lee turns evil and gets super jacked, fuck, man. <laughs> Bring out the video camera, Dan.
1: Let's do it. Let's go watch him. i in. I love it. I love this idea. <laughs> oh, God. I. There's no better place to end issue 105 of the Paper Cuts podcast. So, on that note, announcer guy, tell us a couple things. Thank you, Dan. Attention, listeners. Did you know the Geekade crew are real people you can get in touch with? Did you also know you can keep
0: track of what comes out on the fabulous Geekade website without even visiting it? Did you know that Dean irons his vest
1: every hour on the hour to be prepared for anything? Wait, really? Well, you can keep in touch with Geekade by following them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, and more. If that's not enough,
0: you can also send them an email at mail at Be sure to check out the show notes to get all the links and more
1: information on today's episode. Back to you, Dan! Thanks again, announcer guy. And once again, thank you for checking out the Paper Cuts podcast, making it all the way to the end of the show. We really do appreciate it. When you're done listening, if you could take a minute and head on over to iTunes or Stitcher, leave us a five-star rating and review. It's the easiest way to get more eyes and ears on the show and is absolutely free of charge. If you ever want to get a hold of any of us, you can send us an email. That's mail at geekade.com. Or if you want to get a hold of us individually, you can always follow me on Twitter or Instagram. I am at Dan and you can follow Dean at Kimono underscore Vestlord. Make sure you check out the website, geekaid.com, especially this. I mean, check it out all the time, but especially this month, we've got our 31 days of Halloween going on right now. There's awesome Halloween themed articles going up every single day of the month. There's stuff about music and movies. I wrote a piece about the fucking Grave Diggers album, the first Grave Diggers album, which is incredible. We've got stuff where all our contributors are talking about their scariest moments. I'm going to be talking about Hellraiser 3. Dean, what did you write about? I wrote about a uh, Joe Hill book, Nosferatu. NOS 4A2. Yes, a fucking dope-ass book. It was a good article, too, man. Thank you. People should definitely go check it out. For Why I Love Wrestling, I'm covering... covering Last year, I talked about awesome, scary wrestlers like Papa Shango and fucking Vampiro and um, fucking Undertaker and Sting and shit. And this year, we started it off. I, I'm not even going to spoil it for you. Just fucking go check it out because we're talking about the shittiest of shitty, scary wrestlers. It was so... I, I will spoil it. fucking Giant Gonzalez. <laughs> that dude was supposed to be scary and it was so shitty. He looked like so, a weird Yeti. Oh, my God. It was so awful fucking yeti spoilers we might be talking about another yeti pretty soon so oh, really God. awesome stuff going on geekade.com every single stinking day get online talk about it share it love it like it do all those good things check us out on social media share our shit we really do appreciate it make sure you join us next week when we have a whole new slew of books to talk to until that time for matt much for dean defalco and for dan ryan i am dan ryan You just said we were going to have books to talk to. Did I? Yeah. We are going to have books to talk to. It's Halloween. (laughs) Books to talk about. (laughs) Evan, there you go. Edit that in. (laughs) We're going to have spirit books. Spirit fingers.